You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual Here's the funny thing. So Mark Sanford, religious conservative, defender of family values, opponent of same-sex marriage because traditional marriage must be defended from his own dick, of course, is the governor of South Carolina and he's in a lot of trouble. He went off hiking the Appalachian Trail or said he was when he was actually going down Argentine way. And by going down, of course, I mean eating Argentine pussy. And he's in a lot of trouble and now it looks like the... South Carolina Republicans who sort of run the show in South Carolina are going to impeach the motherfucker already. I could give a shit. I I don't think that somebody should be run out of office for having an affair. I'm trying to be consistent. When Monica Blue Clinton, I said that somebody shouldn't be politically persecuted for their private sexual conduct. And that applies even to Republican douchebag hypocrite pieces of shit like Mark Sanford. Mark Sanford, on the other hand, thought that Bill Clinton should resign. So by Mark Sanford's standards, Mark Sanford should resign, but by Dan Savage's pro-eating Argentine pussy, pro-blowjobs in the Oval Office standards, he should not. But if the GOP wants to impeach the motherfucker, they can't. Here's the funny thing. If they impeach uh, Mark Sanford in South Carolina, who gets to be governor? The lieutenant governor, who is named, who has like the gayest name I've ever heard in my life, Andre Bauer is lieutenant governor. And he's anti-gay, he's a religious conservative, and a bachelor. Can you guess where this is going? Can you guess what comes next? He's a fag. He's a closeted Larry Craig-style fag. Or so says Mike Rogers at blogactive.com. Uh, he's, uh, he was featured in Outrage. He's a notorious outer of closeted gay politicians who uh, do their best from their purchase of power to harm other gays and lesbians. And he says that Bauer's a fag. He also said that Larry Craig was a fag before anybody else, and nobody believed him because he didn't have any proof, quote-unquote. And he said that Mark Foley was a fag with a problem with young boys, uh, and nobody believed him because there's no proof. So Mike Rogers has a pretty good track record on outing uh, closeted Republican faggot douchebags. And if Mike Rogers says that Andre Bauer, lieutenant governor of South Carolina, is a fag, I think you can take that to the sperm bank. I really do. And so it's going to be hilarious because in South Carolina, they're going to impeach the heterosexual soulmate-seeking, Argentine pussy-eating Governor Mark Sanford, and they're going to wind up with the closet case anti-gay fag governor, Andre Bauer. Couldn't happen to a nicer state. This podcast is brought to you by the brand new online store, sexualwellbeing.com, where you'll find a great selection of sex toys and sensual pleasures to excite, enhance, and add some fun to your sex life. To celebrate their grand opening and to get 20% off your purchase of $49 or more, visit www.sexualwellbeing.com for details and enjoy the possibilities. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. My name is Jody. I'm a 27-year-old straight female. I'm married. Um, I'm calling because I've been married for seven years. Um, yes, I got married too young. I um, Every time I listen to your podcast and you say monogamy doesn't work, it really freaks me out. 
Um, I love my husband very much and he loves me very much. And I really want to believe that we can be monogamous and be married and we have two children. And I just really want to believe that he'll be the only one that I'll be with for the rest of my life. But then when I listen to your podcast, it really freaks me out. Okay, I had to get that out of the way. So my question is, we recently started having anal sex, and does it ever just stay stretched out, your asshole? Because every single time we do it, which is rare, maybe once a month, every time it is excruciating pain with lube. The only time I can do it without it being excruciatingly painful is with alcohol. So... um I listened to that other podcast, not alcohol in my asshole, drinking, you know, getting intoxicated. Okay, sometimes I'm too hard on monogamy. I mean, no harder than Mark Sanford, John Ensign, Bob Dole, Newt Gingrich, Bill Clinton, Elliot Spitzer, Kwame Kilpatrick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes perhaps I overstate the case when I say monogamy doesn't work. Monogamy does work for a lot of people. Uh, I do think um, that monogamy is hard, and we need to acknowledge that it is not natural. Even Bill Bennett you know, vulture, uh, pardon me, vulture, virtue crat, vulture bastard, but virtue crat uh, of the 90s persecutor Bill Clinton acknowledges in one of his books that monogamy, and I'm quoting, monogamy is not natural, says Bill Bennett. Uh, I think that some people would be better at monogamy if we could admit that uh, we're sort of, when we make a monogamous commitment, uh, declaring war on our own sort of sexual natures. Because you should be able to confide in the person you've made a monogamous commitment to that it is a struggle. Uh, being, having a monogamous commitment and being loved doesn't mean you don't want to fuck other people. It means you refrain from fucking other people. And unfortunately, the way we've kind of conceptualized and discussed monogamy in our culture, uh, you are not able to acknowledge to the person you've made a monogamous commitment to uh, this struggle uh, that, that, that the both of you are really uh, undergoing for the rest of your lives. Uh, you're not able to confide in this person who's your best friend and your lover that sometimes your eye strays and sometimes uh, if you could go to your partner and say, wow, I have a crush on her. Look at that person. They're very attractive. Da, 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 da. Blah, blah, blah. I think if we could do all that... Um, Monogamy would be more workable, but it certainly does work for many people, and many people are successfully monogamous, and maybe you and your ass-fucking husband are among them. Moving on. Thank you for clarifying that you're not using alcohol as lube, because when you said the only time I can do it is with alcohol, of course, I naturally assumed you were using uh, Smirnoff Ice as a lubricant. Um, why does it, does your asshole ever get stretched out? It's funny that that's what you desire. Cause a lot of people who are starting off on their anal pleasure journey are worried that their assholes will be permanently stretched out. Um, so it's funny, uh, that that's what you, you know, that's what you wish would happen so that the pain would cease. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you're probably doing wrong. Uh, the asshole isn't the vagina. A lot of straight people expect that when they have anal sex, that it should, they should be able to go from zero to 60 uh, at the same pace, they go from zero to 60, you know, from penetration to slamming away, uh, that they go during vaginal intercourse. And that's not the case. You must, he must go very, very slowly. I recommend the ultimate guide to anal sex for women by Tristan Tarmino, who's been a guest on the program. But, you know, just briefly, he needs to, uh, I recommend eat your ass, uh, a nice, nice long rimming session before his dick goes in there, then lube it up, then a finger. And then he should enter you really a millimeter at a time as you breathe the whole time. And then when the thrusting starts, it should be 
very, very shallow, out not even an inch, out about a half an inch or a quarter of an inch or less, and then gently back in until the lube kicks in, your rectal mucus, sorry, uh, that's what it's called, kicks in, uh, and your ass adjusts to this new reality, this new experience that it's having again. Uh, Will there always be a little discomfort? Perhaps initially, but it shouldn't be, as you get more experienced, searing, blinding, horrifying pain. And that it has been every single time you can end up in this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy negative feedback loop where you tense up, which makes it worse because it's hurt every time and it's hurt every time because you're not going slow uh, enough or taking enough time or having enough anal foreplay. Uh, And you don't want that to happen uh, because eventually even with the anal foreplay and taking enough time and using enough lube and going slow, it'll still hurt because your body is just so terrified and tensed up uh, because it's anal sex at all, whether or not you've engaged in the foreplay that you need to engage in. Good luck. Hi, Dan. We're calling uh, because we have a coworker who has a very, um, I know she has some very strong opinions. So one opinion that she expressed to us over multiple beers one night was that every straight man wants to be fucked in the ass with a dildo by a lesbian. (laughs) And we did an unscientific poll of everyone who was at the table, and all the straight men were pretty clear that that wasn't what they were interested in. Um, But she was pretty convinced and said that every straight man she had ever been with, that was what they wanted. That being said, she's a lesbian. Um, I don't really know what that has to do with anything, but just seemed important to share. So... Just looking to get your thoughts, your opinion on that issue, that matter at hand. And another coworker of mine has another question, so I'm going to pass it to him. So the, the same coworker has professed to have um, what she called an outie, which is some sort of, I guess, distended clitoris that she claims to use as a penis, um, refers to it as a dick. Um, said over also multiple beers, I have a big dick, this kind of thing. Um, explained that she was talking about some sort of colossal clit. Um, is that, again, and this was something that, uh, that she insisted all lesbians knew about was, uh, innies and outies as far as clits go. Um, unscientific poll of the lesbian community showed nobody else had gotten the memo. Um, is that for real? Okay, first question. Does every straight man want to be fucked in the ass by a lesbian with a dildo? No, but I would venture to guess that every straight man who's attracted to lesbians, which is the sample that your lesbian friend uh, is operating uh, with, conducted her study with, might be interested in that sort of role reversal penetrative play. Your lesbian friend makes the mistake of universalizing her experience of reading into all straight men everywhere the desires of the straight men that she slept with who were, uh, by self-identification, straight men interested in fucking lesbians or being fucked by lesbians, which is a minority of straight men. Yes, uh, in answer to your second question, some women have very large clitorises. Clitorises come in all different shapes and sizes, uh, just like penises do. And there are women out there who have outies, who have uh, clitorises that when they're aroused, uh, because a clitoris has a shaft too. The, you know, the usual part of the clitoris it exposes, the head of the clitoris, just like the head of the penis is the head of the penis. And a lot of women have clitoral shafts. And some women, those shafts, or no, all women have a clitoral shaft. And most women, it's uh, buried inside the body and under the bits. But some women's clitoral shaft will, when they become aroused, emerge from the body a little bit. And there are women out there, um, and they are much in demand uh, in some circles, who have Audis. Uh, so your butch dyke friend with the dick is not lying. And I think if you have an Audi and you're a dyke, 
uh, and you have a big clit and you want to call it a dick, I think that you should be able to call that thing a dick. Want a new fun approach to your sexual well-being? Need a little more breathtaking excitement in the boudoir? Well, here it is. The brand new sexualwellbeing.com, where you'll find great prices on a wide selection of vibrators, dildos, books, lubricants, condoms, thrilling toys for him and her, and much, much more. Celebrate sexualwellbeing.com's grand opening now and get a stimulating 20% off your purchase of $49 or more. Easy to shop, always discreet, with everyday low prices. Visit www.sexualwellbeing.com for details and get ready to enjoy the possibilities. Hi, um, I'm a 34-year-old bi male. I uh, came out to my wife as bi in May of '09. She's okay with it. She's willing to peg me. You know, the sex is generally good. You know, I think I might be gay, though, and I told her as much. I watch gay porn. Straight porn is not interesting to me. I know I will be with more men, and it's just a matter of time before that happens. I love to suck cock. Sex with men is very good. My wife uh, is from a Catholic background, and fidelity is very important to her. Where do I go? You know, I know that if I go on the down low, it will lead to divorce, and gay leads to divorce, so do I divorce her now? I'd certainly appreciate any sort of input you have, and uh, I feel like I'm an infant out there in the dating scene, so, and I guess that's fairly standard. You sound awfully chipper for a man who's about to divorce his Catholic wife and break her heart. You know, kind of stumbling around in the mixture of emotions that come with that. Uh, why did you marry her? How old are you? I had some follow-up questions. How old are you guys? I'm 34, and she is 47. Do you have any kids? No kids. How long have you been married? We've been married for three years together since 2001. Why did you date her and marry her if you were exclusively attracted to men? I'm not exclusively attracted to men. So you are bi, it's just your sexual interests at the moment run exclusively toward males. Correct. Alrighty. So is she somebody you could see yourself living with in a sort of sexless partnership where there's a lot of affection and love while you get what you need on the side, and is that acceptable to her? Uh, no, it's not, and um, she's pretty pretty close to the idea of, of um, messing around. Mm-hmm. And is she more open to the idea of divorce? Uh, she's kind of in the boat where when I brought it up, she she said that, you know, well, you know, we got to weigh whether we should stay or the values of the relationship, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she doesn't want to get a divorce, but, you know, it kind of seems like that's kind of the way it's leading. Well, it's one or the other, like... Divorce, or you get some off-leash time. Mm-hmm. But it can't be both. I mean, you're not willing to settle for that, right? No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm Okay, so you need to call the question. You need to go to the wife and say, here are the two options. We stay married. We stay together. I, do you love her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you attracted to her? Do you fuck her every once in a while? Are you interested yeah. in her sexually? Yeah, fairly fairly often. Okay, well then here are your options. I'm into you, I love you, blah, blah, blah. I'll stay with you. It has, I, there has to be some degree of openness that allows me uh, to explore sex with men because I'm, a, you know, bi with fag leanings. Mm-hmm. And if, you can't, if you're not down with that, then it's divorce. You need to give her that either or choice. Okay. And then, you know, the ball, balls are in her court. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't sound like you'll be content to stay if she's 
she's willing to peg. She's willing to do those things. I've been it's kind not of the same. <laughs> I know. It's, I know it's not the same. I, you know, it's not. There's not somebody on the other end there. Right. Or it's there not is just somebody about but, being impaled on something every once in a while. Like there's a <laughs> homo emotional need besides a homosexual need. Uh, and a need for male intimacy and connection, uh, and she can, you know, make a stab at it. Obviously, with a strap on dildos, she can make a very aggressive stab at it. But it's mm-hmm. no substitute. I would, you know, want to wrap your knuckles for springing all this on her three years after you married her, which is a little unfair. One of the reasons I support legal gay marriage is so that gay people can marry each other and stop marrying straight women. I agree. I agree. So you could take responsibility for your douchebaggery here. You're absolutely right. However, I would say there's a caveat to that, and that was when I came out to her as being bi, she said, oh, I already know that. Okay, well, then she's partly the author of her own predicament. Correct. And so you guys just need to to stop pussyfooting around and just say, here's option A, here's option B, pick one. Yep. Because if no sex with men is not acceptable to you, you need to take that off the table. You're absolutely right. And good luck. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com, and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. I was just on a bus, and the boy in front of me was masturbating, and he was doing it in a very voyeuristic way. Like, he was turned towards the window and towards me and had the seat reclined so that pretty much I had a straight shot to his crotch. And he had his penis out, and he was wagging it at me and looking at me, and... I didn't notice at first, but then I did, and then I was hoping that he would stop. And um, this went on for about a half an hour. (laughs) And then I decided to go to the bathroom to call my friends to ask them what I should do because I was freaking out and I wasn't sure if I I would make the right decision in that case. And um, my friends all told me that I should uh, tell the bus driver, so I did. And... um, So the police came, and I talked to the police, and the kid ran away, but I'm just really, really sad. And I was sitting there when he was doing this, and I was thinking, I really wish that I had Dan Savage on speed dial so that I could call him and ask him what to do about this, because I'm sure that he knows exactly what I should say. And I didn't know if I was to just say to the guy, like, hey, look, um, can you put that away so we can talk about this, that you know, if that would actually do anything. And I didn't know if he needed to be arrested and to know that that's really not okay. I appreciate your white liberal guilt. I uh, I have oodles of it myself. I keep the excess and 50-gallon drums in the basement. So wanting to avoid sending another black male to prison, I'm totally down with. I worry, however, about exhibitionism and that kind of behavior because it really is a crime of... Intimidation. I don't want to call it a crime of violence, uh, but it is a crime of intimidation. Usually when someone engages in that kind of stuff, they're, they corner someone, they're isolating someone, and they rely on that person's sense of shame and decency. Here you are worried about him and how he's going to feel and what the consequences are going to be for him. You're exactly the kind of target 
that public wankers go after where they they whip it out and they can they rely on your feeling trapped and then it goes on and it's unpunished because you are there sort of hemming and hawing and feeling empathy for this person who's really trying to insert himself in a very uh, literal way into your text of the at risk youth finished my thought for me this person's trying to insert yourself insert themselves into your head they're fucking with your head literally he's trying to jam that image of his dick into your mind because that's what gets him off here's why i would hesitate to call the police and, and participate because the odds that he'll end up on a sex offender registry are, are, I think, higher and of graver consequence than he might do a very short time in prison. Nobody goes to prison for five or 10 or 20 years for public wanking. But he could wind up on a sex offender registry. And really, nowadays, when you turn somebody in for a sex crime, and we define so much now as sex crimes, uh, you could be pressing a button that destroys their lives. They could be on a sex offender registry for the rest of their lives, which will keep them from being able to get jobs or find a place to live or get an education or do much of anything else ever. And so before I called the police, I would want to know what whether I was pressing that button uh, and whether and I would think long and hard about whether that button needed to be pressed in this case. And maybe in some cases it does. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who went from exhibitionism uh, to which is really kind of a crime of sexual intimidation to actual crimes of sexual violence. And so maybe an interaction with the police early on could nip that in the butt. Maybe he'd wind up getting the help that he needs or not. But that could be the catalyst. So you really have to weigh those two things. So before you call the police or cooperate with the police, I would look into the law there in Illinois so that you know what the consequences are going to be for this kid if they catch him. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a bit of an unusual problem the guy that I'm dating uh, has a really, really big dick. Like, it's really big. And not only that, uh, he likes to have sex for, like, hours at a time without stopping, which sounds amazing and isn't uh, something that people t- typically complain about. And I'm a big fan of it, too. Uh, the problem is that after a while, I start to get really sore and really raw. But he... um doesn't like to stop until I've had an orgasm, which after a while kind of becomes impossible because I'm too sore to get to that point. And I can't really, uh, I've tried to vocalize that to him, but I don't seem to be able to make that point clear. And I'm just wondering if there's something that I can do uh, to kind of keep myself from ending up in that position. Like if there's some sort of lube that I should be using that we're not, or um, if there's some way that I should be, conveying this to him. I know it sounds like a really ridiculous problem to complain about, but um, it gets to the point where I'm tempted to fake orgasms just to make him stop. So you've tried to vocalize this to him and you haven't been able to make the point clear. What part of stop, it hurts, doesn't this douchebag asshole, big dick motherfucker understand? I think his inability to understand this is willful and intentional. I think that he's hurting you perhaps on purpose. Now, I'm inclined to think the worst of people frequently, but that's what this job will do to you after a while. Uh, He's an inconsiderate asshole with a big dick. Uh, You need to say to him, get out of me. Pull out. Too late. You went too long. You should have come sooner. I'm done. It hurts now. I'm raw. I'm not going to come. And you know what? You're not going to come either. Not inside me anyway. Here's my fist. I will jack you off now. Or you can put your dick between my thighs and I'll clamp my legs together and you can fuck my wet thighs. You can fuck my sweaty, 
legs, but your lease on my vagina for the evening is revoked. You're out. It's over. Period. The end. And if he doesn't understand that, then you use your fist to punch him right in the fucking face. Figuratively. No violence. You know, I'm, I'm totally serious about this. Someone, sometimes people fail to understand uh, something that's been communicated to them because they don't want to understand it. Because he's selfishly pursuing his own pleasure, which may have something to do with your discomfort. Who knows? Maybe I'm reading into it. Maybe he just takes a very long time himself to get off and is trying to justify that somehow by making it about your pleasure. But if he doesn't understand that your pleasure ends when you become so sore and raw that you can't possibly achieve orgasm and then he keeps fucking you anyway that looks like dishonest sadism to me that looks like douchebaggery assholery and that looks like deal breakery to me hi dan um i had a quick question regarding the choking breath play dangerous that you've been talking about lately um basically what's the difference between choking somebody during sex and during a sporting event or something such as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I studied uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a little while, and it's getting choked out pretty regularly. Um, I mean, to the point of where things would go a little black or you'd see spots. Uh, a couple times a night, you know, a few times a week. So how come that is, we're not hearing about kids and people getting dropping dead on a regular basis? all across the country because it's a pretty big and growing industry there. And uh, I'm just wondering if this danger is inflated or if there's some sort of difference. I'm looking at the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu wiki article, and it says here uh, that their submission, the majority of submission holds in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fall into two categories, joint locks and chokes. Opponents can indicate submission verbally or they can tap out, i.e. tap the opponent, the mat several times. Tapping one's own body is dangerous because the opponent may not be able to tell if his or her opponent is tapping. Good to know. A chokehold disrupting the blood supply to the brain can cause unconsciousness if the opponent does not submit soon enough. It sounds like there's really no difference between uh, choking in jiu-jitsu and choking in sex. Uh, Sounds pretty risky to me. If you're blacking out, you are taking uh, risks. This is evidence, you know, the fact that no one makes a big deal about this just points to, uh, you know, a point I've made many times on the podcast and other places, that when it comes to sex, we regard all risk as illegitimate. And when it comes to any other pursuit, we regard risk as something that a person can, uh, you know, with foreknowledge, uh, consent to. You know, you jump out of an airplane, you have a parachute on. Hopefully it'll open. Sometimes it doesn't and people go splat and people look at that and say, well, you know, he knew the risks. He was pursuing something he enjoyed. Uh, now we're going to scrape him up and bury him. But if somebody takes a risk during sex uh, that and it ends badly and somebody dies, people look at that and say, uh, that's completely irrational. No one should ever take any risk during sex. Sex should always be 100% safe and 100% safety isn't a standard we apply to anything else. So, you know, I've advocated many times that, you know, you can – Take a risk for sexual pleasure, just like you can take a risk jumping out of an airplane or skiing or eating a chicken sandwich uh, because you enjoy those things. This is evidence, I think, uh, of that phenomenon where we hear about the risk of choking in sex and choke play and breath control and compression and autoerotic asphyxiation. And th- these things are discussed as completely verboten and forbidden because there is some risk of physical harm or death. And we do not hear about the chokehold. Uh, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which involves choking someone into unconsciousness, uh, perhaps. 
I don't think people should engage in choke play during sex, as I have said, because I think it rises to a level of just too risky. But good point, and thanks for your call. Hi, I just wanted to leave some advice for the guy on the last podcast that um, had a problem with um, being ticklish. I am a person who has a mild case of Asperger's syndrome, and I have a very uh, big hang-up, I guess, with <clears throat> being touched and have a problem with ticklishness that has been a, a small problem in our relationship. But anyway, all I wanted to say was that um, the way I overcame it, which may have nothing to do with yours, but what worked for me was um, just slowly working up to it sort of the same way that uh, I think people with phobias or things like that get over their phobias, that you start out with small exposure, have somebody, it's great when you have somebody to help do it with you where they just tickle you a little bit and you work up to that and it's all psychological it's all in your head and you can overcome it with breathing and just trying to relax that's what worked for me and uh happy now with having lots more touching going on in our relationship so hopefully that helps take care good tip thanks for the call hey dan i'm a 23 year old gay dude and i wanted to call without a question but just to let you know that i think i'm addicted to your voice i'm a textile designer and so most of the day i am sitting at a drawing table and this gets tedious and monotonous and boring but i don't know why for some reason the sound of your voice just makes the day fly by so i think you should make more and more podcasts do two a week do three a week i don't care i just want to listen to it all the time because it makes me get my work done so keep going thanks Thanks very much. Uh, I don't know if I could bang out two or three of these a week, the tech savvy at risk youth are all nervously looking around the room, sidelong glances at each other. They don't want to have to do this twice a week. And who are we to say that people shouldn't uh, choke their partners during sex and deprive them of oxygen? Because we do the podcast every week in an airless room where by the end of it, we're pretty oxygen deprived ourselves. Uh, speaking of voices you might become addicted to, we had uh, one of the tech savvy at risk youth, perhaps the tech savvy at risk youth with the sexiest voice in all of tech savvy at risk youthdom uh read an ad today on the podcast uh, i hope you enjoyed her voice uh we've gotten a lot of compliments about her voice in the past because we've used her for other stuff anyway blah 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 see what oxygen deprivation does to you after a while you just start rambling uh, we'll think about doing a second podcast someday here's what you should do is you just start listening to the old ones over again because you will have forgotten them i know every once in a while i go back and listen to an ancient podcast uh, and it's as if i i can't predict the advice i'm going to give even though i've already given it because i'm really that oxygen deprived so we're going to leave it there because we need to get the hell out of here 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast if you'd like to record a call for a future show uh, you download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love letter of the day some days. And me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.